Hello everybody, welcome to Banana Split Podcast, episode 18. My name is Vin. Patrick, over here. And David here, celebrating Banana Split finally becoming a man. And he's here for the <laughs> second week in a row. I'm so proud of him. But Patrick, you've got a ton of news as per usual. You've got some amazing facts and figures. And But before we go to that, um, how's your week? Good question. Um, I'd like to be able to answer that with a very positive uh, and voluminous reply. But right now, my mind's pretty blank. What about you, David? Um, very dull weekend. A lot of my friends went disappeared up to Brisnova. Yeah. Um, and I thought they'd all be like packed out and exhausted, but yep. they went to Brisnova and had a great time. This is um, a big event. We didn't even mention it last week, but um, yeah, so I guess um, we just felt bummed that we couldn't go. Most of them took the opportunity to meet Stan Lee um, mm. and um, Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey, um, the, the voice actors. And Eleven. Voice actors. And Eleven, yeah. She was up there as well. What? Um, yep. Yeah. And she's in Sydney right now. Yeah. For what? No, promotional. Promotion? Promotional, yeah. Damn. I'd love to engineer upset. a way to I'm so upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset. I'm I not... only read that today in the paper. Well, aren't you doing like a Scream Like Eleven Park event or something like I that? I saw that on up? Facebook. I didn't go because I was so busy with uh, uni work, but guess how many people came? Eleven. <laughs> ideally, it was set on... Um, it was ideally set on the 11th of November because but that was right. Remembrance, Remembrance Day. Day yeah. So it was set at 11.11 a.m. on the 12th and only two people came, including the organizer. At least the organizer turned up this time. Unlike if they stand the, next to each other, they look like an two 11. people. That's kind of yeah. Oh. I mean, compared to a Goku event or any yeah. other you know meme event like Spider Man, no, this was terrible. People just clicked interested just yeah. to get attention from social media versus attending the actual yeah. event. So it was a real shame, and lucky I didn't go. Yeah, yeah. No, I've just been working. Saw the youngest kid on Sunday. That was really good. Uh, went to Newtown uh, Festival. So I recommend that to anyone that hasn't been. Obviously, you've got to wait another year for it, but it's always worth checking out. Um, it's got that thing that was a slight... Um, Hipster. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, I've never seen so many dressed up, pampered puppies in <laughs> the space of whatever it was, two or three hours that were there um, in my life. It was insane. Did these um, pampered puppies wear tight jeans or chinos? No, they had little jackets. These are literally puppies. Oh, okay, like I'm sorry. I thought you were describing the, the general Not hipster. WWF. <laughs> puppies! <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah. And yeah, and babies. It was, really, it was a really nice like little kids play area. So he conquered his first wooden bridge. He was very proud of himself. Um, this is all boring parent talk. So yeah, the festival itself was more like, um, like you said, hipster clothes and food and bands and... Um, yeah, ended up buying a few like classic automotive shirts. Like one had a 1970s Porsche on it, and we got the matching shirt for Gabriel, of course. Um, so that was fun. Uh, just the, it was more of the vibe of the place. It was really cool sitting there, and make, having a little picnic, and eating like really fancy uh, Spanish paella, um, and then having like some kind of organic bio. What's that stuff? Bio. Anyway, very hipster. Um, cheese on toast. But with like mustard and oh, pickles, um, jaffles, and, yeah, like a jaffle thing. Um, so that's all I can really remember. It was a beautiful day, and then straight back to the grind. So yeah, like for tonight, we're running a bit quick because Vin's got a lot of work. Apparently, UTS is rebranding. We don't uh, know what they're rebranding to though. Okay, um, so they're following the trend because, as you know, uh, UWS is trying to copy like the American University. So instead of University of Western Sydney, it's Western Sydney University. And they have a WSU. whole. What's the difference? Right. They're just rearranging the letters. Like, why is that? And, a... and the color scheme and yeah. the, the fonts it's and everything. To create that Vasi look, to create that branding. Like, yeah, you know, so it's like it's yeah. through all Makes the print sense. media, websites, um, advertising, everything. So if you go to Open Day in um, you know WSU now compared to five years ago, it's vastly different. Mm. Similarly for UTS, uh, we've got a whole set of brand new colors, but it's very American. Our main colors are now red, blue, and white instead wow. of. Um, like a teal green and yeah i mean we do have the ugliest uh, building in all of sydney um it's that lego brick building the main campus at least you got the pretty one Um, across the road yeah the one that builds in the white picket fence yes we are uts has invested over a billion dollars in their architecture and the new facilities like the engineering facility that you saw right next to the ugly building um that was that building alone was a billion dollars which was insane um and so we've decided to like rebrand and remake and update the the branding um in conjunction with all our pretty buildings and uh right now we're going through all our entire youtube catalog 
and replacing with slides and new fonts, new colors. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going through oh, a ton wow. of videos. When's that supposed to get done by? Uh, this week. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, so you've got, but, uh, I'm not uh, alone. Three... There's two other videographers right. doing it, but it's it's a grind. So you it's... just parcel out like you do these ones, I'll do those ones. And... Yeah, that's I'd, correct. I'd like yeah. to think my tax dollars are going towards this project. To, to <laughs> I sure so. you're, you're being Jesus. fed. Now you can, um, How long join have you been working Patreon? now for that organization? How long? Yeah. Um, 2016. So it's would be my second year now yeah 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 that's that's sort of we're almost at an anniversary so. yeah i'm just happy they haven't fired me yet um, yeah, yeah perhaps there's some nepotism there so same for me with my job this will be my first um kind of like the rounding out 12 months plus yeah because i started near the end of last year so but yeah the amount of um kudos and networking you'll get out of these projects and working like you know this will really get you into the australian um production industry of um Thing like that, so yeah, good, good luck and uh, look, get man. I thought education would be boring, but I was completely wrong. It's just mm. so dynamic and diverse, yep. and the young people that you meet on a daily basis and the marketing team in general feel to feed I, off that energy a little bit, right? Yeah, so it's not just old bags of people, um, you know, senior citizens, it's just great energy, great vibes, and we're mm. all creative and we're trying to have a one goal, which is to make UTS cool again. Because for a long time, it wasn't really that cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I can't imagine anyone in media being like old and stuck in the past and you really have to stay on like current with what's happening trend wise and technology yeah yeah absolutely. So pretty much any industry yeah like that's the media industry but no matter what sector you're covering whether it's education or i don't know advertising it's always going to be fresh and that's i guess a, if you don't have any perks like you don't get free petrol or travel or anything like that but you get that lifestyle of being around people like that and having that there is a little you know, there's no tangible perks as subculture such. of um uh, media students who like to bring back sort of like that old revival like they like the practical practical effects side or um, um certain people of sound editing prefer to use vintage audio equipment and stuff like that to create that authentic old sound mm. um compared to the digital um creations that we're doing today um and then you know 70 millimeter film and stuff and all everything you know now that we can film on every device and, and have a digital thing yeah it makes editing easier but some people long to like do how do you many students know how to cut film anymore mm. No one knows except maybe no. um, the only person I can think of that's a big director that's still doing it is um, Christopher Nolan with that 70 mil print of Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. So I watched it, then went back and watched it with the 70 mil. And to be honest, I didn't really get a huge like I expect a lot more. Has everyone been going on about how hard it was to find that? And um, yeah, I just. I was a little bit... Just to mm-hmm. jump ahead on... You bring it up, Christopher Nolan, there's someone mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about um, a bit further on, but as I bring it up now, did you hear about his comments about Netflix? And, yes. Um, yes, I read that. What, what did he say? He uh, basically said, sorry, guys. He emailed the CEO of Netflix and said, yeah, I was a little bit rude when I said you guys are the um, worst and the death of the industry. And I can't remember what the main line was. The phrasing was... Phrasing. It, was, it, was, it, was it could have been a lot more political as he said in his apology email, yeah. but it was mainly more just going off the light. It's just like uh, what Netflix is doing is like, you know, buying up all these um, uh, productions to um, create content and stuff, but sort of killing the theatre industry of like not debuting it in the cinemas, you know, just holding it for their streaming service, which as a business model, sure, that's what they're up for. But when you have like Amazon who like, you know, okay, we they go to the Cannes Film Festival, purchase um, Manchester by the Sea, um, and then they just shoot the movie, and then they and they advertise this is now available on Amazon streaming uh, nowhere else, and you know because of because it got released in theaters, that's how Manchester City got Oscar awards and stuff like that for it. So like, there's a lot of great movies that Netflix has actually done that gets very hidden straight away because it just gets shuffled in that catalog mm. very quickly. Um, so yeah, so that's what Nolan was. But then Nolan's apologies just said like, hey, but also what it's doing for like you know showing getting movies to people and stuff and all that he did say it is a revolutionary thing as well that's what nolan mm. said in his um follow-up email to the um ceo of netflix so yeah he also said something about how it's not new that things are going straight things have been going straight to video for years it's a new blockbuster but um yeah essentially it's taken over mm. um the rain the role of blockbuster mm. um, which i think is a good thing who needs to drive down it's kind of a pros and cons because one of my fondest memories of childhood was getting in the car with the family and going down to the video easy or the plainsman if anyone's from the country they'll recognize that name um we didn't have a blockbuster in wagga as far as i can remember but yeah it was more just you know um trawling the the aisles and looking at the covers and reading the back and 
you know, everyone would have their section. Like I would be down in the sci-fi or the foreign or the arty flicks. My brother would be off looking for the action or the horror. My sisters, you know, and it was all, you'd come together at the end of the, however long you spent there and you'd all be fighting over who would get to, you know, win the, uh, you know, what got chosen to get taken home. So, um, and these days everyone's got their own little screen and we'll just go to their room and it feels a lot more, less communal, so to speak. The profiles and algorithm will choose what you want and what's recommended. Right. Yeah. Sounds like it's more a fight for the remote than the actual content. Yeah, but even then, everyone's know. got an iPad or their laptop or their yeah. phone. or and There's no more. Yeah. Everyone will just disappear into their own little particular niche and they'll have stronger relationships with some 19-year-old philosoph- philosophy student in Denmark than their own sibling. So mm. depending on what they watch or... Yeah, so that's kind of a kind of a sad reality but um anyway moving on to i've got my favorite little subject my um long time hero elon musk but all i could find was yet this again week. well he's there's something happening well it's, i like to have a regular thing because then over time you you slowly see like a narrative form you, you you've all grown up with him so to speak um but there's nothing really happening this week other than there's a brand new truck that he's revealing but that doesn't come out to thursday um, so everyone's impressed that he's got that out, even with all the production being moved. The production costs of the other models and stuff. Yeah, and, and Puerto Rico have put a lot of their battery production into helping out. And I mean, how many companies can you remember in history that have had to delay a product because they removed all their resources into assisting a country or a um, an area due to a natural disaster? The only other example I can think of is in Howard Bush when uh, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. They diverted all their production of beer to bottles of water. Um, so obviously that slowed, you know, beer getting to a few pubs, but that's, that's a reasonably good. quick turnaround, yeah. you would think, compared to production lines with cars and things. But yeah, that's a little bit of a worry for my industry, though, if this truck thing really takes off. Um, I don't know if everyone here saw Logan with the uh, highways full of um, automated trucks. Oh, yeah, those trucks. drone trucks. That's yeah. pretty oh, much yeah, where yeah. if you look at... The, there was a sneak preview of the profile of the truck and it looks just like those ones. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, he's 10 years away. Even to his greatest skeptics say that, well, we're 10 years away from where he's going to make his real money, um, which is basically autonomous taxis. So Uber without a driver. And that's going to be a huge windfall for him cash-wise. How do you star rate a driverless Uber? <laughs> um, if it doesn't break down, <laughs> it's all mechanical uh, Best rating. route and best music. But you heard Channel 7 News talking about the uh, flying Ubers or like the flying uh, drone taxis or whatnot in the future. I did see something about that, but that's such a... I don't know. I don't do you see think that that's more of a high-concept thing? You see high-concept cars? The, the amount of... Right. In, not in this country. Maybe in India or developing countries where there's no such thing as insurance or... Um, <laughs> Wow, civil suits, but you know you can't. Can you imagine people flying around here in those little one-man pods? Can you? And you as soon know, as one man. drops out of the sky, it's all over. How does one rip a burnout in the air? Yeah, yeah, you don't. Well, you, you just spread chemtrails. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. I've got his life story written down here, but that might be uh, for. It's only on one page. I can see episode. that's amazing. Well, no, I had I was going to pull up the the web page because that was a long um, that would have my hands sore enough, but um, yeah, that's uh, probably for another time. Does your hand always get sore when you talk about Elon Musk? <laughs> I was waiting for someone to um, <laughs> call me out on that. I'm yeah, sure no, there's a just... genre of him in the uh, the adult interwebs. It's oh like... God, don't go there. Yeah, what was that actor? I mentioned it last week. Oh God, I remember his. I can't remember his. You're name. gonna find the actor who looks like Elon Musk, and then you're gonna find yeah, all wow. these. Then you're gonna go to Mr. Skins and see if you well, can find any. You know how of they fly scenes. women like. Even Kim Kardashian, they flew her to, um, I think it was Dubai, and paid her like $5 million to perform. Perform? What perform what? I don't know. She was just like a guest. Stand there? Turn? Yeah. But he promised they're not, that there wasn't <laughs> going to be any hanky-panky. And honestly, I don't think just, just, just to bring this up, yeah, this is how my life that is. With male actors. I was on Pornhub yep, uh, last week, clearly researching, and mm. Kim Kardashian is once again number one uh, ranked porn star. And the thing, and that's annoys me. Like, did she do another video? No, that's the thing. It's just like the, it keeps recycling. It keeps cycling through like certain oh. uh, porn stars, Lisa Ann, uh, Riley Reid, um, yeah. and um, who's that one that really shot up the um, Lebanese girl? Um, oh, um, 
Why, I, I, I know who's on with yeah, it. She, not, she wore a hijab in one of the videos. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's that's uh, hot yeah. Sort of it's like really something. But then so. Kim Kardashian every now and then. I, I don't know because uh, I, I don't follow celebrity news that were like the gossip news, like mm. E Entertainment. It's like for some reason all of a sudden Kim always jumped to number one every now and then. I'm just like, uh, there's a general public always going to back to watch that mediocre sex tape. I gotta say I've never seen it. I've only seen the Paris Hilton one, which is bad enough, and I think that put me off watching any more. Like Mia Khalifa, homemade. Mia Khalifa. That name rings a bell. Yeah, is she a porn star? She was a porn star. Now she's like a sports correspondent, and now she does streaming and stuff. Oh. She's you know she's only she only filmed filmed like maybe like twenty scenes. Yeah, and got a huge profile from it because you know she was a Lebanese girl in America. Yeah, there's not too many. Very different. Where here it's a dime a dozen. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, but then she used that fame to you know because she was studying uh, one of the Florida universities. And use that fame to just get the job that she wanted and now quits. And now she's moved to Austin and just, yeah, performing. But like, yeah, obviously, Mega Khalifa is her real name and she's... Austin, Texas. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Okay. Well, the girls from Texas must be like really high with that twang. and. <laughs> but I'm surprised that she uses her real name because a lot of people use the aliases so they don't get searched up. I'm surprised your brothers name. haven't on a kilter yet. Oh, oh there've been a lot of threats though online on online Facebook. yeah online from the, from a country like yeah from, from the one imams. of the well, yeah one of the countries like yeah, disavowed their use or anything like that or, it, it kind of started with the hijab there was like a sex scene with the hijabs yep you know, having sex while we, she's wearing a hijab well, how far do you it. go with that because if you have those full ninja letterbox ones then all you're going to see <laughs> it wasn't though it was just a normal no it was just a, yeah no and it's not going to be too visually appealing I mean, it's the I'm same sure thing as that. wearing like a nun's outfit for a anyone scene. could be under there. I mean, um, you know, twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Remind me to get a hijab. Whatever then. gets put through that hijab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what else did I get into? I was reading an article about um, back to the normal segments. We got the whole AI thing. Um, it wasn't so much them taking over as more just getting a little bit smarter. Um, someone just released up till now this week. It's only been on a. Um, Invite only. You know how when they had Google Plus and you had to have a friend that had it? Um, and now it's just gone like mainstream so anyone can download it for free. It's called Replica with a K and it's basically like an AI chatbot. But it's got this super new programming where it will slowly learn how you speak and think. And so this journalist had been using it for a couple of weeks and already he could barely tell when it was him speaking and when it was the chatbot. He had to scroll up and make sure it was... You know, which one was which one am I again? Because it was getting that good at you know imitating him. This is how you train Skynet. Yeah, and uh, it was developed by the same woman who um, her she's a Russian programmer, and her um, best friend got killed in a car accident, and so she trawled through twenty nine thousand um, pages of digital archived um, data, basically from her friend, um, friend's writings, and so on. It sounds, it's starting to sound just like that Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you've seen it where they um, rebuild this girl's boyfriend after he gets killed through AI, um, basically all his social media posting and things like that. So she actually went and did this um, and had a reasonably close approximation of what she could say something to this friend and then what they would respond with is very similar to what she would expect a friend to. So it's pretty creepy. I don't know if I could do that. I would, to me, that would feel a little bit um, disrespectful to the memory of... But I can understand the need for it. I get creeped out. Like, I've, I've had I've friends um, pass away and I still, you know, to hear my... They've still got their voicemail active, so, you know, yeah, yeah. and stuff. And just hearing those two sentences just... Oh, that would break my heart. Yeah. Like I, makes, you know, makes me upset, makes my skin crawl. And then hmm. hearing an artificial conversation of, like, their mannerisms and their vernacular... That would freak me out. Like, yeah, yeah, and that was the whole point of that Black Mirror. I don't want to give away too much, but she basically ended up buying the best package. She got was very much against it, and then eventually got hooked and couldn't get enough. And the ultimate package was essentially growing her ex in a not really ex. What do you? It's you know dearly departed um, in a bathtub hmm. over a few days, just from some gel and a bit of water. And there he was walking around in the flesh and. It was wow. just too much, oh. and that kind of it's like one yeah, of those very um, dramatic ending there. No frills, like potato packets. Just add water, and you got yeah, like, pretty much. It's like one of those miniature yeah. towels. You right. just put it in the bath and wait a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, so. if this brings, if this is, if this makes the the realization of having a real joy, like the one in Blade Runner, 
um, for mm. me. I'm up for that. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I, mean, I find even, it less creepy if you're, it's learning your speech patterns and mimicking you to a degree, but with learning its own, it's a bit more like her, or mm. it's a unique template, just taking different influences. Yep. Um, that that I can deal with, but yeah, trying yeah. to copy some ex-lover. It's, it's, someone who's existed, someone who's yeah. been, yeah, more. Yeah. Definitely not the healthiest. Um, I don't know. With that... I don't again don't want to give away too much about that episode of Black Mirror, but it ultimately ended up being a cathartic experience that, you know, helped her cope. So I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can go with that. Um but let's get to the most the, the meat of the episode, I think, for most of us here, which is what's been going on in the news this it's week. It's a recurring theme, unfortunately, and just just wow. every week it's a new name. Every year it's like a different theme for celebrities. Last year was the death, death. of celebrities, now it's the uh Sexual harassment allegations. What's 2018 going to bring us then? Um, um, let's go one step further. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's pretty scary. Um, yeah, I remember hearing a quote. I think it was based on a Batman um, comic, but someone said uh, somewhere that you either live, you die young enough to oh, be Oh, the hero. Dark Knight quote, yeah. It's a Dark Knight, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you live long enough to become... Um, the villain. The villain. That was Two-Face. Yeah, Harvey Dent. said that, that's right. So, and that's pretty much... One of the biggest foreshadowings in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there we have it. You know, this week... Well, Spacey was already in the news, but now it's ballooned out to be almost Cosby proportions of the number of people there. And they've had to recut a film that was just about to be released. Um, they've gone to re- it's costing it millions of dollars for Louis C.K. Yeah. movie. Black, like it was Black... Well, that movie's not even Co- going to come Co- out. Yeah, um, um, oh, so I love that. you, Daddy. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that was like... He was, literally, he was literally supposed to be, appear on Colbert yeah. um, to promote the movie and then the allegations came out hours before... Um, I think because they film it in the afternoon and then, mm. like, yeah, Stephen Colbert had to apologise because he pulled out. Um, but, like, that... like. Ken Spacey was a very respected uh, um, uh, actor that I admired for his film work, and Louis C.K. is a writer, producer, and a stand-up. He was also someone I, I admired um, big time. Like that guy is a huge pillar in the yeah. comedy community. And, and his writing and stuff has always been about his sexual awkwardness mm. when it comes to V. And to find out like there's actually some truth. I mean, to he it. mimes masturbating on stage. I yeah. mean, there's one episode of Louis that's basically makes fun of that whole yeah you know, and like yeah and louis louis ck like so obviously like you know a lot of female comedians have come up and said he louis louis he's used his um um stardom enough to like pretty yeah. much just come up to these women in their dressing room and just start masturbating in front of them yeah. um and because of the influence of who he is and stuff like that they felt mm-hmm. they couldn't describe it and stuff and that was yeah. just his weird awkward sexual uh, thing or whatever but yeah he's come out he released um basically saying like all these stories that are released are true mm. and like you know it's just like he admits um his thing although the apology he did didn't go so well because a lot of the wording he used was just like you know it's just like the influence he was using keywords like the influence i had and the power and stuff and all that and blah. sort of words to promote himself but not once well, there was, was there some words, explanation i'm sorry but, or an apology. Yeah, no one said i'm sorry but the thing is and yeah i spent way too much time on reddit reading different interpretations of it but yeah. essentially he'd said sorry in person or over email to a lot of these women yep. or anyone that he thought i think he did basically about eight years ago, there was a um, watershed moment. Whatever happened, happened. And he realized that what he'd been doing was wrong. So yep. he'd stopped doing it a long time ago. And he'd personally apologized to these women. Um, though there was one issue with one of the apologies where he said, oh, I'm s- sorry for shoving you in a bathroom. And the woman was like, yeah, that's not what happened. You, you pulled it out in front of me. He's like, oh, right. So he'd obviously done it so many times. In one apology, he couldn't remember what he'd actually done to the woman, mm. um, which keeps coming up. Like Kevin Spacey, his thing was he couldn't remember. Um, now the latest allegations against George Takai, I don't remember this kid. I've never met him. You know, or just if it happened, I'm sorry, but I just I don't remember it. Um, which is yeah. There's a lot of people jumping up and down about glass houses because he's been throwing the most stones on Twitter. Yeah, um, and now suddenly, you know. The tables are turned, but um, well, it does really question about the celebrity status. In that, if you're a celebrity or a comedian or an actor for like 20, 30 years, you're, you've met hundreds and thousands of people. Um, maybe they've conditioned themselves for that to be the norm, but uh, yeah, that's pretty disgusting, man. I think there's so much hypocrisy happening on all these celebrities, and the apology felt as though some publicists told them to write it in a certain way or had a lot of influence to for social media so that. Mm. 
I think the, the George da- writes his own stuff, though. The, the damage is like as little as possible, mm. um, but it really just reveals how how institutionalized this like sexual harassment uh, culture is in Hollywood and in that power powerful world. I'm not going to really go patriarch and all that business, yeah. but just in general, man, it's just it's just absolutely disgusting. Um, if, do you think the industry is what grooms this uh, attitude, or is just it any the industry is where groomed, there's a lot of the power industry is groomed the attitude, like? It's like the chicken and the egg thing. It's like, is it these? It's the power that the industry gives them for them to exploit their own individual tastes, or is it just like something that comes within the power you get in that industry? I think it's the power, like it's any industry. Like Mm -hmm. it's gone into comedy, it's gone into the movies, it's gone into, um, you know, but it's it's finally people are standing up, you know, like to the Melissa Benoit, is it Benoist from Supergirl? Supergirl, yeah. Uh Um, I can't remember the name. The girl that's in Green in the Arrow, uh, that plays the sidekick, she's come out strongly against uh, Andrew Kreisberg, who's the showrunner for Arrow, Flash, right? Wow. And Arrow. Oh um, damn! So that he's guy. had a whole ton, a shit ton of allegations out against him, which is really sad because I, it took me a while to get onto it, but I do enjoy the CW content. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, that's, like that's a real shame because you know it's like all these guys are just right at the top of their game. Yeah. Spacey, he's still been pushing out really strong material and they're going to have to, you know, there's over 300 people working on um, uh, the, the show that he has with Where's the President. Yeah. <laughs> My mind just went blank. But they're going to keep that show going, but this what, is going House, to be a House of Cards. House of Cards. Because of the money invested in it, they've already done two episodes, they're just going to have to completely uh-huh. rewrite the thing and finish that at least one more season. Yeah, I want Robin um, Wright to take over. Yeah, but there's a lot of conjecture that she doesn't have the acting oh she can act but the, the character's not strong enough to, to completely carry, carry the season. she's had her moments of weaknesses in seasons where yeah. she's like gone against him and gone with him and stuff and all that and then like for her to like sort of adopt the frank underwood um yeah. for her to continue Apparently on his legacy in, if they do kill him off yeah yeah like yeah, that yeah. there was an episode last season where she they had to rejig it a little bit because there was controversy about how much less she was getting paid um, and how much little screen time. So they rewrote a couple of scenes and made her more prominent and even gave her a fourth wall-breaking scene. But there was a lot of critical um, backlash against that. Like it felt kind of shoehorned in mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So hopefully, I don't know, they do what it takes. And I don't know, it just feels like there's so much interference from the real world. It never seems to bode well. It never seems to end up working for the production yeah like the art always suffers with too much interference it is and it seems like it's not just like you know we we used to i complain about like studios influences on art being created like you know mm. like executives affecting movies and how it's written and stuff and all that now it's more like it's like publicists and marketing and just going through in terms of how the actual artists are being treated themselves mm. it's it's kind of horrible how this all's built up all this year. Like I'd love um, to see the um, Louis C.K. movie, but that's just never going to come out now. Yeah. So and um, his um, uh, the Secret World of Pets, like he's been dropped from that from the sequel. Yeah. Um, already. Um, and then obviously like his um Emmy award winning series on FX, like Louis, like he has like so he five shows on the go where he's like, producer yeah. and going down the drain. There's yeah. one called The Odd Cops or something. It's like a cop buddy cop show mm. where it's him and another actor, and that's obviously. It's, not going to go anywhere yeah. and that sounded really good so um, we talked about Brett Ratner last week um, mm, like Wonder Woman his, no. yeah yeah his, um, his production company Rat Pack Duo yeah. like the ones who finances a lot of the Water Brothers movies as I mentioned um, yeah like Guy Gadot sort of coming out saying like if this company is financing Wonder Woman 2 then I mm. do not want to be involved um, which pretty much means they're not going to be involved yes because you can't you you know, it's a lot easier to change the the investors than the uh, main star of the film. Especially so. the good graces that Wonder Woman has created back into, mm. like, you know, yeah. female superheroes and, you know, DC movies and stuff and all that. When, you know, we got Justice League literally coming out this mm. week. Mm. Stan Lee uh, announced a Black Widow movie, which you'd think, okay, they've been talking about it for a while, but now with the Wonder Woman money, that's probably what got it really greenlit, I'm thinking. The proof of concept was yeah, the yeah. Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Um, it had to, like like the R-rated movies with Logan or Deadpool yeah. to prove that the concept worked because no one did it before, mm. as as you know. So, which is a pity. It's a real pity that that's what it took. I mean, they should have had it. But on it's the a bricks. Hollywood's a business. They need something to see it work before yeah. they will take a risk to invest in it. I know, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a pity it's, that. Yeah, I mean, it should have been a Black Widow movie like years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Is the that. character strong enough to warrant a movie? Or not, not, you've got that whole background that, thing in Russia that they reference uh, a couple true, of they times. True. Actually, yeah, yeah. The, the, those flashbacks they do yeah. throughout the movies, that is actually intriguing. So, like, a prequel story, origin story, yeah, that would actually... In Russia, yeah, I can yeah, see going against it is the fact that she doesn't have any um, metahuman powers. But, I mean, the, she almost does in terms... She's at the level of, like... They can, you know, do, it, they can do it in a style like a female John Wick style. Yeah, Although yeah. that was Atomic Blonde. Um, but the, obviously like with the Marvel Universe setting and then like obviously her rivalry mm. with um, Hawkeye that eventually became a friendship like yeah. you know and then There's so much you could do and I mean you could use that limitation to your to um, advantage in t- like Daredevil where he's not really all he can do is fight really well but he's still human um, there's, that's the limited budget essentially kept them to the sort of Z grade heroes mm. And that actually worked for them in the most part, except for Iron Fist, of course. But, um, you know, I think because you got that problem with movies like Superman, where it's like, how do you create something that could even come close to challenging him? So it's that's a challenge on its own. Like, yeah, he can fly and that's cool. But, you know, how do you keep people coming back again and again when he's just too powerful? So if anything, I think that makes Black Widow even more interesting. Yeah, she's very vulnerable. Yeah, mm. she's both her past and like you know she's one of the vulnerable X Men and stuff. The funny thing is like you know in Thor Ragnarok, how Hulk and Thor keep referring to each other as like you know the the strong Avenger or mm. the, the the Avenger. What is Black Widow? What what Avenger is she? The sexy Avenger or you know that's like not to boil it down to a looks well, or anything like that. But you know, reminds me. Speaking of controversy, back when um, I think it was the last Age of Ultron came out. There was a huge amount of backlash on Josh Whedon because there's one scene where she gets called a monster. And a lot of people interpreted that as a scene before that she'd said, I can't have children. And they took the monster line as because she couldn't have children. And so there was a lot of hate for him with that. And it was like, no, that's not what he meant at all. It was just the fact that she'd killed so many, all the, the red in her ledger, so to speak. Yeah. But for some reason it got twisted into the whole... Um, but you know, it, it didn't help with the, the whole promotional thing that happened between like Chris Evans and mm. um, Jeremy Ratner. Oh my god! Yeah, whore. everyone seems to have forgotten about that. Oh yeah, there was something yeah. recently at a supernatural a uh, fan though. convention where they made a joke about Bill Cosby, or they referenced him in terms of um, someone asked him what their best pickup line was, <laughs> and the big guy, the tall one, <laughs> call him the moose. The guy with long hair, I can't remember. The Sam Would you like some jello puddings? Yeah. Did he say something about a handkerchief? No. He said, yeah, it was something about uh, chloroform, basically. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the actual line. Would you like was... to smell this handkerchief? I don't know what this <laughs> Do you ever know what chloroform smells like? Oh. The Russian Cosby. You need to wear the jumper as well, man. <laughs> Just the colorful jumper. With my yeah. um, 2K wrestling games like create a wrestler Bill Cosby oh my god um, and stuff like that not anymore now I think it's like yeah. it, it's just more like I can create the sweater just, just make him and then go out and get let, let him get beaten up just mm. let him yeah. stand there get him in a leg but, lock um, yeah that begs the question like when is humour when are you allowed to is it okay and there's a lot of people on my friends list or whatever on Facebook that were just like no you should never ever joke about rape it's not funny it can't be funny it's completely out of Hmm. bounds of any kind of humor and i don't know personally i think depending as long as you're not mocking the victim as long as you're not kind of what they worry about basically is that creates a culture of um making it casual and you know it it sort of makes it okay somehow but no that's not what all the humor i saw was you making fun of bill cosby you're Hmm. mocking the offender in my eyes that's how i read it so i don't know i just it's really tough as like stand up has always been that vessel of um, free speech mm. of when it comes to seeing the funny side of anything, whether it's race mm. or religion or sexual differences and stuff between men and women. Um, and then obviously, like, yeah, even Louis C.K., it's a, like, you know, if you watch a lot of music material, it's a sort of like, you know, he makes love of like pedophiles or like, you know, rape. And, and there's like almost that. nothing that's off limits for him. And that's what I'm used to. And that's, yeah, the, for and me, like always him, been the most interesting comedy is when they cross those lines and broach yeah, those subjects. Like Don so. Rickles is one of my favorite comedians when I was a kid because, like, you know, he was just this very outlandish guy who would just hit on the, those typical stereotypes of, like, you know, um, different races, Jews being big nose and Asians' eyes and stuff and all that. And just, like, in that time of why it was just, like, we're people and we're here to enjoy ourselves and make each other's laugh, laugh and stuff and all that. And then, like, you know, it's like, 
you know, Russell Peters material from yeah, 10 years yeah. ago. It's he's like, allowed you know, to because he's, he's a person of color himself. So he's got that, well, we're not represented, but now I'm here so I can just call out all the other races. Yeah, but, you know, he's, so, he's, he's a brown individual, yeah. a brown Canadian um, of Indian background yeah. who does really good jokes about Asian um, um, people and mm. stuff on the lab, which is sort of like coming shtick. And, yeah. um, you know, and when, he's charming when, enough to get away with it. Like, I'm not knocking it. When I does imitation stuff, and humor but, become yeah. discrimination? Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, two of my favorite comedians has always been George Carlin and then Dave Chappelle. Yep. I mean, they, mm. oh. because their comedy is, is not just tackling every single topic, but they bring a light through their satire. And it's beautiful from the environment to politics to genocide, sex, hit like just every single thing. And so for people to highlight the rape in particular or sexual assaults, um, compared to the other arguably more sensitive and more atrocious topics like, you know, my dad as fighting the Vietnam War and stuff, he's, he's listened to comedy about the war and yeah. he, he's experienced the war. He's seen yeah. death. He's seen everything on the battlefield and yet he laughs. And I find that shocking, but wow. the, the comedy has pierced through that kind of torment and brings mm. a light to the issues at hand. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a victim of sexual assault, but I, I just feel that the comedians, their job is to like bring another perspective that people should think about. Um, it doesn't help that 95% of them are men, but mm. um, it does bring another question. Can women I'm be I'm sure funny? Amy Schumer's gone there. Yeah, Amy Schumer, but she's yeah. not funny. <laughs> oh. She's terrible. There's one star on. on the Netflix for a reason. I don't know. I Sarah watched all Silverman. her stuff. I enjoy really it. Sarah's a bit funny. I've got to admit, yeah. she's probably a bit smarter, but I mean, I enjoyed Amy. Like I like Shoot what's me. her name, Kristen Wiig, the uh, people She's on funny. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yep. the ensemble cast in general. The, the what's her name? That's McCarthy. character. Yeah, Shannon um, um, McKinnon and uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not stand-up company company as comedy yeah. as much as it is the the sketch sketch comedy that, that and I, character that I find based and yeah. stuff. That's more that. funny for me. Hmm. Uh, the imitations and impersonations of uh, Sean Spicer was really good for for the White House. Oh, that was so on point. Um, yeah. yeah, but. Anywho, uh, movie-wise, Patrick, uh, you and I, we saw the uh, murder on the uh, Orient Express. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't think you guys yeah. would be... But David, you're watching it pretty soon. I'm so. watching it this weekend. I, I yeah. would have loved to have seen it um, earlier, but mm. I promised my girlfriend we'd go watch it together. Yeah. Um, it's and definitely a date, a, a couple movie. I'm very... It's like, you know, obviously the original 1970s movie is like held up in such high regard. Mm. And obviously I could question all these things, but I don't know the twist. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's sort of marketed as the the reviews and about this movie is just like you know it's just it's a it's an adaptation not needed but it's very good adaptation so as two people who saw it what do you actually think of the um uh, movie please and please don't tell me who the murderer is no. i i think it's the train i think the train did it <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's the train possessed. houses the murder for yeah. sure but it's I, christine I've, on rails i've never i've never seen the previous films all mm. the novels yeah. all the previous actors so i just came with it as a clean slate same oh brilliant um, and uh, the guy directed it and acted in it, which is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, he's Kevin? a genius. Kenneth Branagh, man. Kenneth yeah. Brown. Well, he's been creating those right? Shakespearean BBC movies since the 90s. Okay. He made the first four. Like, um, mm. he directed and wrote four. Okay. Um, he's like, he's one of these thespian um, actors and versatility, like writer, director, things. Of this everything. Like, yeah, he take, yeah, he does adaptations of existing material, but he does it so well and makes his own and glamorifies it very well. Yeah, um, I'll say one of the biggest strengths of the movie is the production design and the costumes themselves. Uh, my friend, who's a fan of men's style and tailoring, just opened his mouth whenever there was someone in a three-piece suit or a double-breasted suit with, in, oh. with a beautiful, yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. fabrics. I was a little bit like that too, um, and I'm not generally a big fashion sharp, guy, but there yes. was some really sharp stuff. And the on camera display. work was easy to follow. I think mm. everyone had their moment to shine. I love yep. uh, Willem Dafoe, such an ensemble. Uh, Daisy Ridley, oh man, she looks gorgeous. It was in so this. good. Yeah, I was never a Daisy Ridley fan. My son spotted him before I did. She yeah. looks so different. And Michelle Pfeiffer as well, yep. like bringing the old school like oh, Catwoman Cat back. Um, ev- basically, everyone had that moment to shine. I think it was a really strong script. And, and um, I, the, the problem for me was that I was trying to second guess the twist um, in comparison to like mm. kind of let the experience Yeah, unfold. I gave up eventually and just let but it But then there were moments where like, okay, so this is what happens. And then I, 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 then I got like jerked again. It's like, oh no, that's, that's not what happens. This has happened. And then it's just a beautiful knot of storytelling uh, it was very, very, very good in in, in that aspect um, because it's not comparing to a previous adaptation or the original. Um, but yeah, Patrick, what did you think of it? Was it? Uh, I sat there a little bit bemused. I felt like it, I really wasn't the audience 
for it. Like I, I'm not who they were, who he made the film for. I think he probably made the film for as an actor's actor, as a director's director. It was all about a little bit more technique and um, it was a little bit maybe too self-aware in terms of uh, the holding on some of the shots a little bit longer than necessary. It was very, it lingered quite a bit um, in some scenes where I was just like, okay, get it, let's move on. Like coming from the last big film I'd seen in the cinema with Thor, it was a very big change in tone and timing and or pacing, so to speak. Mm, so yeah. that took some getting used to. But I, eventually I just settled down and, and t- enjoyed the ride, um, no pun intended. But um, yeah, like you said, the design, um, the set design, the uh, costume, everything, even the... Um, there was a few shots of, of sort of the scenery where it's just rolling through the countryside and you're like, that looks like it's been painted. Um, it was just gorgeous. Yeah. Was, everything was exquisitely laid out and it felt a bit like flipping through... Um, I don't know, a book you might find in an art gallery just filled with these uh, impressionist paintings. Like there were Even some of the close-ups during the acting where it's just on a face, it was like, is that his face or is that like a painting? Because every part of it, no hair was out of place, the eyes were just, you know, sparkling, the lips were trembling just at the right, you know. So it was, um, it was all a little, almost too perfect for me. Um, but like, you know, I, I like things a little bit more raw and, um, unpredictable, but again, like it wasn't totally predictable in the way that obviously the story kept you guessing, but just in terms of the characters, once you knew who they were, they rarely did anything outside of what you'd expect that character to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it didn't blow my mind, but it was an interesting look back at the way movies used to be made. Um, I don't think it brought anything too fresh to the genre um, or cinema, but it was certainly diverting and, you know, I had a good time. So. Well, it's funny you say uh, uh, bringing something fresh to, to, to the the movies because these days, as you see, many blockbusters, many superhero mm. movies, so this in itself is something different in this day and age because uh, certainly I haven't seen a, a mystery uh, yeah, detective Yeah, it's like story. a callback to a more innocent time. I mean, I'm li- unless I'm watching Jackie Chan Police Story, but um, <laughs> oh, this sorry. this is like totally in contrast to Thor. Yeah, mm. it, it was a refreshing experience. Now, it's not like the most mind-blowing special effects, but it's that's not the purpose. Um, it kept me guessing. Mm. Uh, I was in my seat, and then every time there was a revelation, I looked at my mate and was like, oh my God, bro, look what happened. <laughs> it's like this is... It's so like yeah, again, not the, not the target audience. Yeah, I well, it sounds like it certainly is. It's like there was. It's like finding a new target audience. It's yeah, like yeah. these people who yeah. have experience of like, oh, this is a name thing I sort of heard of. Like you know, it's like people who haven't experienced Sherlock Holmes. Mm. You know, there's so many different adaptations and stuff and all. Yeah, that. but I mean Sherlock Holmes, Holmes, the new one, they did it yeah. very much the Guy Ritchie kind of. Yeah. Again, Tony Stark, straight off Iron Man. You know, it was all very much aimed at the younger audience. Whereas I don't think it was anyone. In Bondi Junction, in the audience I sat with, that was under say fifty-five. So yeah, there were um, old people in my audience, yeah. um, and they brought their families too. So mm. they clearly saw the nineteen seventy-four version or read the novels. Yeah. So um, Nana's night. Yeah, uh, yeah. score-wise, I would give it. I'd give a six point nine out of ten. Uh, six point eight for Willem Dafoe and Daisy Ridley alone, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's this yeah. is like yeah, I, I really want to see a movie where they have um, Green Goblin, Catwoman, Jack Sparrow, right? Yeah, we Lafayette, kept doing that. Um, yeah. uh, Ray, um, yeah, and whoever they were all I together. I can't remember Kenneth Branagh's character. Yeah. Harry I was there with, DC again, yeah. as I always most of the movies I watch, I was there with my eight-year-old son, and every time someone came up on screen, it was like, yep, you know, Jack Sparrow, Catwoman. It was like a rolling, you know, Rolodex. list of... Uh, Alternate universe M, M from M. you know, you got James yeah. Bond. Like, almost yeah. every franchise was represented there in some form. Wow. So, that was interesting. But, yeah. But, what about um, you, Patrick? What's uh, a yeah. score out of uh, 10, um, not 7 this time? No, I'll give it a, a solid 5.5. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. Yeah. It wasn't... Um, I don't consider... It, I certainly didn't waste my time watching it. It, it was a good palate cleanser in between. Like, uh, apparently, this weekend is uh, the Justice League. Yep. Already hitting. I like so that. that we'll straight back into like that. superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, but yeah so. especially with Thor, like you know, to have that different movie in between. That's a, mm. that's a good thing. And then yeah, because we're going to hit 
Justice League, um, then December 15th is Star Wars. Oh, I know there's they're something already, in the middle, I'm forgetting They're already well. selling tickets. You can't buy tickets for any other movie that until like a week before, but that movie, the tickets have the been midnight on sale screenings. for a while. It's all the midnight screenings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you boys going to be in cosplay or you going to skip work or what? I've never dressed up I don't have any Star Wars, Wars character. Yeah. Really? I'd love to do Mace Windu. Mm. Um, oh, yeah? yeah? Okay, okay. For me, it was always, it was so popular that it was almost too mainstream for me. I was like, I was into esoteric fantasy novels like Gettings and um, Feist and mm. um, Forgotten Realms like uh, the Dungeons and Dragons offshoots. So growing up and then sci-fi was cool but it was always again stuff like the last starfighter and yep. um, robotech or uh you know heading towards anime or you know blade runner which was you know the same actor but for me styles was a big part of my childhood but more in a like yeah everyone watches this so it was like i i i agree with that you know um, i was mean? like i'm i'm a more sci-fi than fantasy um yeah. and i watched the star wars movies like i the first time i saw them was when did the 95 re-release yeah, yeah. things so i got to experience them first on the big screen so very happy with that and i played the old super nintendo games yeah. um and just like you know i went in knowing oh yeah apparently luke is darth vader's luke's father like you oh know, so you got like that got, spoiled well, like a spoiled like simpsons and stuff yeah, like yeah. that like it was such a big pop culture thing <laughs> is that scene where he but walks it didn't take out away this, from the film it's a famous um, scene where he walks out when it was the good simpsons yeah. i recently watched a youtube <laughs> clip on it was like half an hour long but it was really interesting about how since um after the season sort of seven or eight, it became Zombie Simpsons. Yeah. All the main writers left and it just sort of started becoming what it had been parodying all that time. And just pop culture references and cameos. Of yeah, yeah. Cameos. it just went into wacky. Yeah, but that's just the the thick, thick irony of it being counterculture and, you know, George Bush said we need to be more like the Waltons than the Simpsons and, you know, all these outraged parents across America and the world and then suddenly now it's just part of the furniture. Hmm. And it's become what it hated. And yeah. uh, I guess it goes back to that adage of, you know, you either live, um, I forget the first part, but it definitely lived so long that it became a villain. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to uh, call back. rewatch that. it. But yeah. um, I'm hoping it's not that bad. You know, critics do tend to get a bit dramatic, but, you know, it's definitely nowhere near where it was. Yeah. Um, so that's a pity. But uh, what else has been going on? Millie Bobby Brown, like we said, she's here. She recently hit a million likes on Instagram with a photo of her and Drake doing a little bit of posturing and recreating Drake's some scenes. Drake's got a concert this week? Last week. Mm. What? Last week? Yeah, my, he was performing in Sydney um, my friend Tuesday and Wednesday. My friend's buying bought tickets and she's going to see on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So there must have been like an extra third or fourth like when they sell out on the extra show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but my friend went to a concert um, straight after Melbourne Cup. Um, oh, okay. So he's probably concert. doing a tour or something. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, she bought two hundred dollar tickets for general admission, standing room tickets. Like, whoa! Did anyone else watch him originally in Jurassic, Degrassi Junior High? No, that's where I first saw him. He was in Degrassi. Yeah, he was an actor for a long time before he got into music. Isn't that um, Adriana? I don't know, famous pop star girl. Isn't she from Degrassi as well? I'm thinking. I only know Drake because Kevin Smith was on Degrassi as well, and um met him on that and was like this guy's going places and then bam he had that song about the phone call what was it how's it go oh hotline bling yeah hotline bling that's it i don't get paid enough to sing that (laughs) (laughs) someone do it we're not going to pay you now if you do sing it it never really caught my um (laughs) imagination but then i heard the cut there was a cover version done on uh that triple j like a version yeah i love those um and there's a hotline bling version um I can't remember who did it, but I really like that one. Oh, I love it. I love, um, I love, um, uh, like a version, um, uh, my favorite, um, San Francisco's version of, uh, Daft Punk's, um, oh, wow. um, thing and, um, uh, um, uh, Charles Gambino, um, Donald Glover's, um, mm. uh, version of, um, um, So Into You. Yeah. Just, oh, it's just, I love, um, we're going to see a lot more of him in Marvel movies, aren't we? Uh, yeah, well, obviously he was in Homecoming. Um, you know, he's always going to be like, "Oh, please make me Spider Man, please make me Spider Man," and they made him. Um... No, but it's supposed to be his nephew, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the nephew of um, yeah, the uncle of but Miles. Tom Morales. Holland's still quite young, so how's that going to work? Is he just going to take off for like a movie and then come back? Because that's what kind of happened in the comics. Miles Morales had to take over for a while because he was in an alternate universe. They'll age him up because then... obviously, as he grows, like Homecoming two or whatever the next Spider Man, that doesn't mm. happen for quite a while. Because Spider Man's prominently in um. 
Or Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity War, right. thank you. So they'll give it a while before um, they And then there'll, cast there'll be another so. um, uh, Spider-Man movie. Yeah, um, like 2020, 2021. <laughs> hopefully by then you don't get the same dickheads that jumped up and down when um, John Boyega was cast in Star Wars. Oh, we're not going to watch it. We're good. What a Black Stormtrooper. Oh, that's yeah, a minority. That? Oh, that's a minority. Yeah, I think there was a lot. You get a lot of outrage about outrage on the internet, and I fall prey to it sometimes myself. When you see people like there was, I remember our um, outrage when PC um, outrage. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas got announced, mm. and that like you were playing CJ, a black protagonist. Yeah, and a lot of people just like I ain't buying this game. Really? I know, I right? I thought that. that was outrage for the prostitute. Uh, yeah, that, no, that's that, just that's just the government's outrage. It's just like outra- you know okay. the internet warriors outrage was that you're you're forced to play a black character. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say about the outrage and social media. Joe Rogan said these two words perfectly that sums up our generation, including everyone in this room. People <laughs> want to be people are recreationally outraged. Yeah, they they choose to do it not because they are legitimately outraged, but because mm. they're fucking bored and they see it on their their phones and their their newsfeed. Oh no. A black guy's like acting as a you know white boxer or something. I have no idea. And then yeah. the mm. paragraphs of comments, which mm. who does it satisfy? Who does it f- fulfill? And the next day you forget all about it. And no, I one hundred percent agree. But I also feel that there's a lot of, like I said, outrage about outrage that isn't really that um, strong. You know, like there'll be one or two outliers way sort of on the fringes that get upset about something like John Boyega hmm. and then they're given so much airtime and so much sort of um, you know space to air their views that way um, overvalues what they've got to say you know what I mean it's like those two or three men that harassed Sam Dastyari in a pub the other day yeah you're telling right, him to yeah, go yeah, home okay. and you're filthy Muslim this and that and they're from the Patriot Front and we're, they're the worst kind of examples of human scum and villainy that you know, exists. Like I kind of, they were being high school bullies, basically pushing him around and getting in his face. And, um, they said something about, um, he said, you're being racist. And they said, yeah, but Muslim's not a race. And then his mate, Tim ducked in and said, is dickhead a race? Yeah. But it's funny. They were given so much airtime in terms of, that's right. They got interviewed, interviewed, they got on, um, a bunch of news channels. It's like, why are you talking to these people? You know, You're acknowledging yeah. them and empowering them. Yeah. It's just like, you know. Because we want to be outraged about how stupid that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, the problem is I'm we get outraged by that. other people's outrage. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the yes loop. voters turn on no voters on their outrage. Just like the yes voters' outrage was just as bad, if more toxic as the no yeah, outrage yeah. and stuff on the last. So like, I've really got to watch myself and not, again, like. Yeah, of course. As much as that enrages me. <laughs> I've got to learn to just go, yep, yeah, that's, let them go and take just a break on posting some outrageous posts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some, I don't some know. Your just be educated and leave it, it's not it does yeah. incite some well, massive debate. Unfortunately, it's like the whole clickbait type thing with articles. It's, you realize after a while, you only get um, comments and interaction on those kind of posts where, you know, I'll post, like, oh, how awesome is this cosplay and crickets? And then you find something slightly controversial and yeah. suddenly it's 200 comments. Right. So that you sort of subconsciously or not tend to lean into uh, things like that just because you know there's going to be a bit more you know, conversation and so on. But you've got to be careful not to give too much weight to problems that aren't really there. Like, you know, these people getting, like I said a couple of weeks ago about um, people getting upset about bodies hanging in trees and, Really? Like, was anyone really that upset about that? Probably not. It was probably just a fake beat-up article pretending that someone was upset, or maybe one person out of 50,000, but we're going to suddenly, again, give them all this um, sort of airtime and attention that really just... Mm. We just want to be outraged about their outrage. So that's where I'm at. No, I I agree. I think social media gives... Um, bad opinions equal measure, which should never happen in a live actual debate mm. where you can get shut down by an intellectual person. But social media, everyone has the power. Everyone can look up um, articles and copy and paste. And, yeah. and the three people that you would think have the shittest opinions or not rationally justified or it's just straight out mm. racist, um, they, they get more airtime because it's controversial. Um, people are sharing it because it's, it's crazy. Controversy creates cash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so, a famous Bon Mott which says that every um, opinions are like assholes <laughs> and that, that everyone has one. Right. Um, which works to a degree, but the difference is that you want to examine your opinion. You want to have it tested. You want to have it um, 
Yeah. Basically, be able to throw it out there. Yeah. And have it measure up to objectivity and its truth as much as is possible because there's always going to be some amount of bias. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Constantly test your own um, subconscious bias and things like that. So that's why I worry about the whole rape joke thing. Like I'm very much inherently, no, we should be able to joke about anything in that whole libertarian world of nothing's off limits, nothing's sacred. But then there's another part of me that worries that maybe I'm, you know, like I have been a victim to a degree growing up of different forms of sexual assault, but nowhere near, you know, it becomes that degrees thing. Like maybe I haven't, everyone has different experiences. So maybe someone else doesn't need to hear that and it will trigger yeah. them and they should be, that sort of response should be respected. So empathy, it's tough. bro. Empathy, yeah, yeah, bro. It's, it's it's a tough Look, thing to grapple just, with. Just like jokes, where do you draw the line? Just like jokes, sex shouldn't be forced. So, <laughs> so, please yeah. edit that out. Um. <laughs> no, <laughs> file it. Right. Um, so that's pretty much. Um, like I could probably talk all night about the whole Louis C.K. thing because I'm a huge fan of his, and a George Takai thing's a bit more fresh and. I had an argument with someone on Facebook tonight about it because he found there's a whole lot of footage going around of him on um, the Howard Stern show um, with guys like with headphones on and he's wearing headphones. I guess it's just for the radio show yep. and he's kind of fondling them. But they're clearly in it. It's a radio show. It's for entertainment. It's like going on. Howard Stern gets filmed like because it's like, like they, they record the yeah. episodes like it gets broadcast live. It all ends up on YouTube oh. and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but this friend was like, that's disgusting and that's amoral and they, they're they probably feeling just as uncomfortable as the girls were with, um, you know, Harvey Weinstein and mm. just as powerless. And it's like, no, but they signed on to this. They've, it's a, they know this is what they're in for. I, I just, that I, annoyed me that you could compare it to that. Yeah. There's outrage when people aren't outraged. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, that like, really annoyed me that man? you can compare something like, to me, that's the same as fear factor or, um, there was a British comedian that had a dare or truth type show where people did all sorts of very sexually, risque type things or had pain um you know there was cactus that they had to i can't remember the show, name of the show um i'll have to come back to you on that I'll one was that who's that comedian he has that ha 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 jimmy car jimmy car he hosts so many shows yeah, he had you a game show where sorry, i hate his like, laugh man oh. yeah it's an odd one but it's very laugh, distinctive sorry. It does you, bother me. Biggest so. quiz. Um, Thank you. Nine out of ten cats. Um, yeah. No, it was one that involved a shitload of pain and gross stuff and people basically doing these dares and then the partner had to, I don't know. But essentially, like, it's a show, so you're buying into that premise that, yeah, I'm going to be in an uncomfortable situation, but that's part of the fun. So to compare that to some starlet being dragged into a room with a director or a star, like, that's another one that made allegations this week, uh, our own... Um, What's her name? The girl that just sued the magazines and won. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. She mm. was making claims about a famous actor. And I'm like, yeah, that's brave of you to come out. But unless you name the guy, like, is there really any point? Like, you're bringing awareness maybe. Like, to me, I'm a little bit Well, she donated sure. all her winnings. Not winnings. winnings. <laughs> well, it is winnings, isn't it? Winning she the case. To? Um, she got a lot of money some for charity. That. No, she okay. got like 200000 or something. Well, good on her. Like, yeah. I love her work and I love everything she does since Houses and so on or whatever oh it was. God. <laughs> houses is the best, bro. You know, but I couldn't believe how far she went. One minute she's on Aussie TV with these idiots and then the next she's in Hollywood blockbusters and then that ended because of all the rumors about her actually being a North Shore girl and all this sort of stuff. A lot of famous people got their launch on pizza, Fat Pizza and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, um, Rebel Wilson and um, Angela White. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I was like, no, he's I was, not I, going I wanted there. to see if Vin recognized that name, and like, yep, he did. I don't. <laughs> it means I have looked her up. Um, wow, man. Fat Pizza, I've, I've worked with, uh, fun fact, I've worked with Tahir oh, yeah. uh, a couple wow. of times. Yeah. He's a really down-to-earth guy. Oh, they, they, they generally are. They mm. generally are. And he's, he's taking calls all the time for like um, comedy gigs at mm. like either pubs, clubs, or corporate events, which yeah, he's RSL known for. Group. And he charges like a fuck ton for like 10 minutes, like two grand or eight, 800 wow. bucks or grand just for like a stand-up well, he's, gig. He's set for life then if you can yeah, get that Yeah, yeah. And mm. then it's like, oh, Vin, how much do you charge per day just to film my events and stuff? And like, oh. So yeah, but I haven't done it yet. But I've worked with him one time for a, a comedy show. In, uh, yeah, our, our he lives house. in Bankstown, so yeah. There is the, like you know the Australian um like um RSL Chiru group like that's a that's a real racket like yeah. you know like Kyle Barron and Jamoan are constantly yeah. Well, I always felt bad for Jamoan because I'm like where'd he go? He had a TV show and then you see him performing at Rudy Hill RSL, but obviously he's he's obviously doing okay anyway. But it seems like a huge fall from grace. 
But, you know, in the age of everyone just watching stuff online. A three-day yeah. tour, like, you're earning about thirty or $40,000 mm. in that three or four nights compared to, a, a, you know, a Channel 7 contract. Like, you know, like, I'd... Uh, the tours are smart, like, you know, it's mm. like, yeah. Well, there's a reason wow. a lot of the more uh, famous podcasts now do live shows. Yeah, Superlog and Mike Choney, like all the live shows they do. Oh, Superlog, so funny. <laughs> it's the only way they're going to yeah. earn any money from the hobby, really. And um, yeah, what I guess I, I know I'll never be famous or anything, but if I can ever get enough people that want to turn up to do a live thing one day, and I'm talking like 10 years away, maybe, then that would be a real, like, that would, uh, anyway... Just putting that out there. <laughs> I think I think That's out of the three of us, I think Vin will be the person that people will pay to see wow. in some capacity at his work or something like Send that. Send ludes, bro. Yeah. Check out my Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's your Patreon, Patreon again? You you did mention it last week. Yeah, patreon.com slash blatant labs. If yep. you donate as little as a dollar, I'll give you ludes. I'll yep. give you great cosplay content, the whole shebang. Please support the arts from a local Western Sydney person. Yep, add Please. him on Facebook, Vin Ewan. Um, he occasionally does these uh, really sexy live video chats Cam yeah. where yep. he starts doing yoga and nothing but little short shorts yeah. so, well know. Patrick's seen it obviously oh, yeah. uh, he's enjoyed it um, but uh, that's it everybody thank you very much for listening to episode 18 of Banana Split it's been a fun one my name is Vin we got there my name is Patrick and my name is David I'm about to take this podcast down the pub for its first drink <laughs> and grab some dessert and get the hell out of here Woo. this podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network for more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. 